god. I hate when people that are young are successful. It makes me feel bad about myself. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we're coming to you live from my new apartment. In this is not live. So I apologize. This well, is, not live. This is not live. <laughs> it's never live. Already fucked it up. <laughs> um, coming to you not live from my new apartment in San Francisco. You're a like city girl PM. now. On the, the West Coast, so you're gonna hear stuff on the background. You're probably gonna hear trolleys. You're a city girl. A city girl. <laughs> Suburb life was not for me. <laughs> That's fair. It's not for anyone, except for no. the people that it's for. And that is except for the people that live in the suburbs. That's <laughs> yeah, not pretty for much. Anybody. <laughs> oh, God. So, um,. There is no music up, music corner binge watch update because we are in the home stretch of 2021, meaning end of year wrap up. Yep. So this week we will talk about music news and music adjacent related news of the year. And then next time we'll talk about everything else that happened. It's funny that we do it that way because I feel like other people don't, but we don't do anything else. I, I listen to so much music every year that that's the yeah. only thing I can talk about besides... I couldn't even tell you what beers I drank besides the ones no, I did I on mean, the podcast. I mean, I also just watch the same TV shows over and over yeah. again, so like, I couldn't tell you about new ones. I can only rewatch and talk about rewatching Monty Python's Flying Circus a couple yeah. of times before people are like, okay, that show came out yeah. 50 years ago, you can calm down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that being said, we will get straight into the beer. Yes. We are both um, drinking winter ales today. Yes. So I'm drinking Merry Christmas, Happy New Year by, or 2021 by Anchor Brewing Company. Can you say that name again? You said Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Happy- Christmas, Happy New Year, 2021. Okay. So every year, they, like... It's weird. Um, so, like, on Untapped, if you search this beer, it has a different entry every year. Oh, okay. So, it's one of those, like, yearly yeah. specific ones. Okay. So, you said it's from Anchor Steam is the name of the brewery? Anchor Stream? It's Anchor Brewing. I Oh, Anchor Brewing. I'm not 100% sure if it's the same as Anchor Steam. I have no idea. It's probably not. So, I know that there's an Anchor Brewing, like, downtown. Anchor Brewing San Francisco. Yes. That's the one. But I, there's an Anchor Steam as well. I okay. It's the same thing. All right. It so might be Anchor it Steam is... beer, like, it's a style of beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, um, Anchor Brewing, is, it's just Anchor Brewing. Um, okay, so... Anchor Brewing Co. makes Anchor Steam beer, but the way Anchor Steam is, like, branded, it looks like a brewery. Got it. Okay, that's where I'm confused. Yeah, that's also where I was confused, because it seems like it's got its own branding, which it probably does. Yeah. Um, But yes, that's just what I'm... I don't know why I said that that weird. That is what I'm drinking. And then I've got Crambiscus... From Mars, which is a favorite of ours over here. Um, this is their winter ale with cranberry, raspberry, and hibiscus. 
Okay. I have a glass um, for this beer from like years ago. That time you yeah, and I split. We got like the hot, the Christmas pack, and I got yeah. the mug, and you got the glass. Yeah, we like bought and the it entire came with, like, Mars. three, three, four packs of it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so this one, this beer has an interesting story. I'm on their website, and it says back in 1975, Anchor released the first holiday beer in America since Prohibition. Year after year, Anchor creates a new secret recipe with its hand-drawn label for their Christmas ale, but with the intent that with each brew remains the same. Um, just a bunch of romance copy. Okay. Um, and then it only has information about 2020, not 2021. Y'all gotta update your website. Yeah, it doesn't have anything about 2021. I wonder if they, like... No, they released it because it's been a check. It's on their Instagram that they released it. Yeah, there's no information on their website. Anchor. So this beer is about 6.5%, and it's described as a special holiday white ale that pours a luxurious reddish hue courtesy of the addition of cranberry, raspberry, and hibiscus. Um funny i go on untapped to look at this beer and i have one friend that's checked it in and it's you you never check beers in that was probably when i was checking beers in it's from 2018 so that would make sense um so crime biscuits is like one of my favorite holiday beers Mm -hmm. um i have a favorite and i have a few in the cupboard from last year still but Crambiscus is like one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, this one's really good. Um, so this beer, it's obviously fruity. Um, it's a little bit, got a bit of a tartness to it. And it almost kind of reminds me of like sparkling cranberry juice with hibiscus added. That's kind of the best way for me to describe what it tastes like. Um, it's very easy to drink it's very refreshing the the fruit sweetness and like the slight tartness make for a really nice combination and it's really well balanced in that aspect and it just goes down real easy okay this one's got like a very malty backbone to it almost like it, it and, and then it has like a spiced flavor as well so it's almost like gingerbready mm-hmm um, and then it gives you like a berry kick where um, there's like a fruity component as well. Nice. Um, Sounds this is good. really nice. It does taste like a gingerbread cookie, but not sweet. Yeah. Um, do you have three words? Yeah. So I'm going to say tart, sweet. I'm trying to think of a word to describe. Can I just say, like, bubbly? Because it feels like the carbonation in here is really high. So that's why I think it reminds me. Effervescent? That's the word I'm looking for. Effervescent. Effervescent. Um, I'm going to say malty. Um, It's got, like, a bite. So, like, bite? Biting? Biting? (laughs) I feel like that's not a word, Um, but whatever. And then, like, floral. Instead of berry, I'm going to say it's got a little bit of a floral note to it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like this a lot. I'll have to grab you one. I love this time of year for beer. Um, between barrel age season, which obviously we've been posting a lot about on Instagram, because I got 
like between me and Steve and our friends, former former guest Brian and Rachel, and then our friends that also work in the industry, we all kind of got different um, beers through all the barrel age releases. So we're kind of sharing them within the group, which I think is a really mm-hmm. nice way to do it. Because then you get to try everything and you don't have to spend $300 on beer. And you also don't end up with like 40 I mean, we um, still have a lot. Don't get me wrong. We got... Well, like, because it's like 40 per drop. I feel like you get like a good 15 beers, 16 mm-hmm. beers per drop. Yeah. Um, so All like the... two drops alone is... Yeah, I will say Steve and I specifically went in on Cruz Blanca and Old Irving. So the Luchador well, yeah. release and then um, Krampus cookies because we got like... Each of us got eight Krampus beers and then I got five bottles of the luchador and i think steve got like five or six too nice um i mean krampus is my favorite of the barrel um, aging krampus is also my favorite krampus yeah um when you say i think it's interesting that you say that this time of year is like the your favorite time of year for beer because and you mentioned the barrel age but i think it even goes further than that well i was also like going to say the, the winter ales is my other well favorite. like starting in september even because like we love Oktoberfest season yeah yep so, like, from September to, like, January is, like, a fantastic time of year. For oh, yeah, beer. there's so the much. You have winter ales, you have the stouts, you have the Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's a good it's a good time um, for beer right now. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I know we're still getting used to more of the beer and, like, where to get the best stuff from in San Francisco specifically and, like, from the Bay Area. Well, but, like, for Chicago, it's, like, the best. I think it's really interesting because there's not really a barrel age thing out here oh yeah no I definitely noticed that and I I I don't it's it's I think it's maybe because like the weather and people like don't hunker down it's not like the cold winter yeah I think that actually makes sense logistically like there's no reason for it yeah exactly there's not like a culture that wants the barrel age beers out here and I think it's super interesting like even really stouts right now are not there's not very many places doing stouts Oh, I find that really interesting because we've been drinking stouts. At least in the city, here. like yeah, I went to three or four breweries this weekend, and like none of them really had a stout on. That's just so like, different. In Chicago, like, I feel like culture wise. Well, in Chicago, I feel like this time of year, it's like forty percent, fifty percent of your menu, sixty percent maybe are like actually let's go forty percent are IPAs right now, forty percent are stouts, and then like twenty percent other types. That's where you get your brown ales, your Christmas right. ales. Your... But that's like where it is. Pretty much yeah. any brewery you go to in Chicago has got that breakdown. Mm-hmm. Right now in San Francisco, it's like 70% IPAs. Yeah. And then like 30% everything else. Yeah, I think overall that's a pretty good descriptor. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's just, it's a different, it's definitely a big uh, or a different um, drinking climate. Yeah. Absolutely. So but I imagine it's because also like people are, it's not cold. You don't want yeah. The, the you don't want to drink a super heavy beer when it's not cold out. Right. Yeah. Steve's the only person I know that drinks stouts year round. So. <laughs> like a psycho. Yep. Like a psycho. All right. Cool. So. <laughs> 
Um, we kind of already mentioned we're going into our year-end wrap-up. Normally, we would try to just do this over the course of a power hour, but we can't really do that because we're across the country from each other, and it's not nearly as fun. So no, it would be, like, sad. It would be really sad. For- <laughs> and, like, delayed a little bit. Also, I'm home alone right now, so it'd be extra sad for me to do a power hour <laughs> by myself while I'm home alone. So Yeah, I, I we're going to try... And maybe do one. Yeah, I think we'll try and do one when you're home. Or not home when you're out here. But we'll figure that out. So we're going to talk about music this episode that came out this year. And just music adjacent news and things of that nature. Um, Everything is very scattered because my notes are terrible. (laughs) Let's go into it. Um, Let's start with um, like the pop stuff for the year, I guess. Well, the actual thing I was going to start with was Spotify released blends this year. And I yeah. think that's been like a really cool thing to do. Like it yeah. just like takes what you listen to and what your friends listen to and you make one big old playlist together. And like it, the algorithm makes it for you. And then it will tell you who listened, like which songs came from which person. Yes. Um, I think blends are probably the most listened to playlist I've had. I've listened to this year. Yeah. Uh, and it came out in like June or something, like yeah. halfway through the year. And I've like only listened to blends. When I, I love to the blends. I think they're I so do. much fun to listen to, especially they because they change like every Friday or something. Like once yeah, a week they'll they update. With music. The, yeah. They'll update. Um, and then at one point this year, I got to go back and find when they did it. They would show you like, you could make blends and then they would actually show you the statistics of those blends. And like how yeah. the, your how similar your music taste is with your friends. Um, yes. Hold on, like I have a lot of music festival photos. Hold on. Um, my favorite is that. Well, they told you how similar your blend is, and then the song that like, yeah. epitomizes your. Oh music my god, taste this is my favorite person. part of all of the blend stuff. <laughs> oh my god. So my favorite thing is that mine and yours was ninety five percent similar. Yeah. And yes. the song that that like epitomized our blend was uh, postcard, postcard by Small Black. By Small Black, but then mine and former guest Rachel was also ninety five percent, and it was also postcards. Yeah, by Small Black. So um, mine with Rachel it says is ninety seven percent, and this was in September that they showed you this. So me and Rachel have a seven a ninety seven percent taste match and the song that brings us together is postcard by small black and my match with you was ninety five percent and our song is also postcard by small black yeah and I thought that um, was so I think it funny might still let you oh we only have a ninety four percent now ooh it's gone down I wonder if it's, it's because you've down. been listening to a lot of have you been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift lately is that why um, yes, because it is the time of year that Spotify does not count it. Oh, fair. Okay. I'm just waiting for Spotify to be like, JK, we looked at all of that. Here's your, dis- here's what you listened to when you thought nobody was listening, watching. I like, there's a part of me that wants them to do that. That's like, this is what you, what you did when nobody was watching. I think that'd be hilarious. Um, our song now is Barbecue by Acid Dad. I like that. I like that. Um, and then I'm looking at mine and Rachel, former Rachel, because she's the only other person. Well, Matt and ours is not interesting. M- Rachel and I are still 95%. <laughs> and our song is also Barbecue by Acid Dad. <laughs> Just like 
like goes to show that we all just listen to the same shit. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right, so I we kind of well, I guess let's start with um, one of the things that is uh, a would be it didn't it didn't show up on our blends, I don't think, or maybe it did at one point, but uh, Olivia Rodrigo being like the biggest person in music this year, and you definitely listened to a lot more Olivia Rodrigo this year than I did. Um, so yes, I I did listen to some. I actually. I don't get it. It feels very young for me personally, and I think that's why I don't relate to it because it just feels like it's written for someone half my age. It's like sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I also, um, I don't think it's very creative. Uh, I mean, I, I don't like think consider... any teenager has a lot of creativity. No, but I also basically. consider it like generic pop music. Yeah, that's like fine. Granted, I like Taylor Swift, but I also, like, know that Olivia Rodrigo's, like, music seems to be ripping off other people, like, very obviously so. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's fine. It's poppy. It's catchy. I get why, like, people like it. I don't. I think it's fine. Um, I have nothing against anything she's doing. Um, no. I She literally, because of TikTok, it has been, like, the biggest person in music this year like i swear to god i fully expect her to be top one of the high build ones at like fucking Lollapalooza next year i think it'll be interesting because i feel like she's also though an artist that is going to be high build and then drop immediately yeah i agree i don't think that that. she has sustaining power unless she does something really crazy she hasn't got to tour anything so we don't even know how she sounds live no she also needs to figure out a genre yeah um, I think once she figures out a genre and then, like, once she tours things and, like, puts out a new album, we'll see what she's actually going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, she obviously has, like, a very good voice. Like, no... She's oh, yeah. She's really talented. Like, no denying that. She, I think, was nominated for six Grammys. Um, six or seven, yeah. People on TikTok think she's going to be, like, a new Taylor Swift. I don't... I did do not agree with that whatsoever. I don't either. Another big thing that happened this year was that um, ABBA has released a new album in November. And I actually would have talked about this had we done Music Corner, because the album came out in November. Um, mm-hmm. It was fine. However, yeah. it did get them nominated for their first ever Grammy nomination. ABBA has never been nominated for a Grammy, ever. Until Which is now. wild. Like, one of the biggest pop bands? Of all time, is yeah. they're considered? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that they've never been nominated, but I also kind of get it because they were like an international artist, and I feel like I think they're going to perform in Eurovision for 2022. That, oh, that's the cool. plan. I think. We'll see if they win again. Yeah, I think that's uh, the plan. At least that's what I read. Cool. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Um, also, thinking of Eurovision, a band that kind of came out of nowhere is uh, Moonskin who is the Italian rock band that won Eurovision this year. And they're also all over TikTok. And they they, they, they were at the AMAs a couple weeks ago. Like, they've been everywhere. Yeah. And Well, I think what's interesting is, like, this is the first rock song in, like, 15 years to win Eurovision. Yeah. And the song and that got Eurovision them to win was a Poland. cover. Yeah. Right. And it took place in Poland. Um, and the singer and, I think, guitarist kissed on stage as, like, a protest to Poland's, like, anti-LGBTQ mm-hmm. laws. That is correct. Um, which was just, like, a whole a whole thing. 
of like main skin winning and then doing that. Yeah. Blonde skin, is that how you say it? I think, well, it's, the word is Danish, so I think it's pronounced moonskin, but also okay. I can't say words, so I don't actually know that that's correct. Oh, I mean, I've never actually heard the name pronounced yeah. out loud outside of you saying it. I've always just said moonskin in my head, but um, it makes sense that that is not the correct way to say it. I'm looking up how old they are. They're young. Um, also, now I have Megan stuck in my head. So that sounds thanks. really good. I, I mean, again, it's, it's not it's not even their song, but it's really good. I have their version of it stuck. In yeah. Um, their lead singer is 22. Oh, God. I hate when people that are young are successful. It makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> I know. I get that. Maybe um, that's why I don't like Olivia Rodrigo. Because she's so young and so successful. <laughs> um <laughs> What else is going on? What else went on musically? Um, Lil Nas X finally released his album. Also very young. He's very young. Um, but My favorite thing about Lil Nas X are the memes that the name Lil Nas X implies, like, Lil Nas 1 through 9 existing. Oh, yeah. So Lil Nas is also 22. Um, yeah. He... Yeah, I, um, I don't think I realized at the beginning of this year that he hadn't released an album. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, like, Old Town Road was so big. Yeah. I assumed that it was off of an album and that was just, like, a one-hit wonder thing. Um, and then, like, he released Montero, um, the song. And, like, blew up on TikTok. He was, like, all over my TikTok. Um, oh, yeah, for that music video. And it was, like, a lot of people... Well, before that, even, like... I was getting a lot of, like, random streamer TikToks, and so he streamed with them one day, and then it was, like, he's just been on my TikTok forever since then, and in general, all over social media, because he is fantastic at social media marketing. He's hilarious. He is so funny. Um, But I think a thing that was really interesting, when he first released the song Montero earlier this year... There was, like, a crazy reaction to it because he released the music video along with the song. And there were people that were like, this is fucking a, this is a banger. This is so good. I, this, it was a banger. This music video is so chaotic. I love it so much. And then there were people that were like, I hate everything about this. Well, part of it is, like, I feel like people are each thought it was a banger because it is a banger. Mm-hmm. But there's such, like, religious imagery in the song and in the music video that people were like, this is, like, um, like anti-Christian, this is gonna corrupt our children, this man's, like, the whole thing, yeah. openly gay, he's gonna make our kids gay, like, a bunch of fucking, like, insane people saying insane shit. But I saw a lot of that on TikTok, and it made me laugh every time, because there was a lot of Lil Nas X reacting to those people, and those were the best videos. Uh, I found myself very attracted to Lil Nas X this year. I know. that The stripper pole scene really got me. Um, Lil Nas X is just a very attractive man. Um, Yeah. And, like, I think his, like, personality is part of it. I think I 100% think his personality and his sense of humor about everything that happens to him, I I think think that's that's what it is. is. Like, he, yes, he's attractive, but it's, he's got a great sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, I mean, his album is pretty good. He's got some really big names that worked with him on this album. Like, Elton Mm -hmm. John's on here. Um Miley Cyrus is on here, but oh mm-hmm. my god, Industry Baby is such a good song. 
Didn't Kanye produce that? Maybe. He had a I'm lot of help. Like Kanye produced that. Yeah, he's a co-producer on it. I mean, it's good. So yeah, no, it is. Um, I think we have to go into Adele. Oh, well, yeah. actually, let's not go into Adele yet. I I do want to talk about something. So okay. you have on here. Taylor Swift released how many albums, and she's re-recording. I didn't know how many. I knew she re-released some, and then I couldn't remember when Folklore came out versus Evermore, and I couldn't remember if that was this year or last year or what. So she released Evermore, like, surprise this year. Um, And then Fearless, her version, and then Red, her version. I also, so I want to say two things about this. Because she surprised released an album, and, like, because I guess everything she does is planned out, um, people are like going to an extreme, taking like everything that she writes, every like video she releases, just everything to mean like what is coming next. Yeah. I also think it's very interesting. So Fear, uh, no, Red was supposed to come out, I believe November 19th. Um, and all of a sudden, like a month or so before it was released, she announced that she was pulling up the release of it a week. And everyone was like, oh my god, that means Adele's releasing an album. And so, like, Adele's album that was kind of like a surprise and hadn't been announced got leaked because Taylor Swift pulled up her album and everyone was like, why would she do that if it wasn't for, like, someone like Adele? And everyone was just like, it's Adele. That's crazy because it was Adele. It was Adele. I think there was, like, some other rumors going around that she was recording. Okay. But going into Adele, I think it's wild because, uh, so you have on here, Adele ordered half a million copies of her album 30 to be pressed on vinyl and basically created mass chaos in the record industry. That is correct. But I think the really interesting thing here is that I read an article that talked about how in order to get that many produced, she had to have finished the album six months ago. Yeah. And, like, finished, mastered, like, ready to go to start pressing. So, like, for over six months, this has been kept a secret by, like, the people working on this. Yeah. Um, And I think it's insane that, like, that people are keeping these things secret. Um, Going into Adele and the 500,000 records, I have opinions about this. So, I mean, we can start out by saying that, like, there's a lot of things that happened that led to a bit of a bottleneck in the record pressing in general between the pandemic between you know a big thing that happened last year was um that huge winter storm in texas that completely screwed the entire plastic industry i mean we're we're experiencing Um, that in our day job so we know it impacted the record industry um and there's an increased demand that was unanticipated and unexpected to last this long so um, I've read that a lot of vinyl pressers didn't think that the fad, they thought it was a fad and wouldn't last very long. So they didn't bring, they didn't recommission a lot of their pressing mm-hmm. machines. So like a ton of different factors adding to the bottleneck. And then Adele orders half a million records. Yeah. So it's pretty much like a running joke right now that Adele broke the record supply chain. <laughs> Which I have read. So Ed Sheeran, um, I guess, just released an album. And he was talking about how difficult it was for him to get pressed. And it led, I read, um, 
I can't remember exactly what article it was, but it was basically ATO, which is a record label, mm-hmm. talking about how difficult it is for small labels now and smaller bands to get pressing time because yep. companies like Walmart and Target are doing exclusive drops and then big pop artists are ordering giant numbers. So when companies and bands are trying to do like a 2,000 run or a 4,000 run or a 500 run, yeah. it is so difficult for them to get time because they like one, don't have storage, two, like are not ordering nearly as much as someone else. So like record pressers are prioritizing these big orders because it's, yep. it's easier and faster and it's like a more consistent run so the downtime is less because they're just running one pet, like one, um, one album. resin color. Yeah. Not even the one, it's not even just like the one resin color. I mean, that is a huge part of it. But like, if you're able to continue to use the same press over and over and over again and just swap out the color, that's a lot faster than having to swap out the entire process and the pressing process. Um, So it's just. Yeah, your throughput's just way higher. So what we're seeing though is like places like um, Smash Plastic, Mm -hmm. I'm sure are doing a, a ton of small runs. Oh, yeah. Because it's so manual. But that's, like, it's causing the price of records to go up. So, like, mm-hmm. a, a single LP used to cost, like, 20 to $25. We're now seeing it's, like, 30 to 35 Yeah. A double LP used to be, like, 35 It's now 50 It's, like, prices are through the roof. Everything's delayed. Everything you're pre-ordering. Oh, my pre-ordering. God. Everything is delayed. I something for, like, six months from now. Everything is delayed. Everything is delayed. Yeah. Like, I get, like, yeah. an email almost daily that, like, oh, this thing yes. you ordered? Just kidding, it's delayed. Um, yeah. I just texted you. Like, I ordered Jeff Rosenstock's um, No Ska, Dream. Ska. Like, No Ska. Oh, it's called No Ska. I thought it was called Ska Dream. Ska Dream. That's what it's called. Uh, uh, Ska Dream is, I think I ordered that in, like, August. Maybe even before that. Um, and it just got shipped. Um, no, I ordered it in, like, May. And it just got shipped. Um, Yard Act, I feel like we ordered in like August, and it got delayed. It's, it's only it's only like later next year. Yeah, Yard Act is coming out in uh, I think March instead of January now. I think that's right. the difference there. But um, I saw this was this was a couple this was like right before all the Adele stuff started coming out. But Laura Jane Grace tweeted that. It was like, hey, unless your album is fully mastered by the end of this year, you will not be able to get your album pressed until 2023. Um, so ATO said, unless it's mastered by the end of this year, you're not getting it. it or, sorry, sorry, he said. Um, one of the guys from ATO was like, if you're pressed right now, like masters are ready, you're not getting anything until August of next year. And the article I read, um, I believe it was from variety was talking about how like if you don't have a record in hand and you release music your chances of selling that record go down so much yeah like if there is if you either have to do a limited run or a special color to sell it because if you just have black records those are not selling yeah you don't have them in hand by the time the record is released and having records to release at the time that your your album comes out is so imperative to the sales. Yeah, and that's so interesting because I feel like that wasn't a thing up until maybe the last two, three years. 
Because I remember when LCD Sound System delayed the release of American Dream, and it was because James Murphy said, hey, something went wrong with our vinyl pressing. We are going to delay the album until the pressing is corrected, because I feel personally that the only real way, like, he said his own personal opinion was that, like, he wanted it to come together and everyone was like oh my god why would you not just release it streaming but then that's like that's like the total opposite of how it is now it's like if you don't have that record ready to go the day the album comes out two things two things there is that for this this is the first year i feel like i've pre-ordered albums like pre-ordered for two reasons one um i'm so worried about things selling out yeah because this is the first year I have seen albums sell out so quickly because the demand is so high and the resale market's insane. The resale market's insane. Um, and I'm sure that has to do with the fact that, like, people have money all of a sudden. Yeah. The economy. Sure, whatever. Whatever that means. Um, and then, two, I think it's also, again, pre-ordering so much because people don't have records in hand, so it's only ever going to be a pre-order. That's pretty much how it goes, yeah. Like, um... And that's like a new norm. That was not something I was doing last year. No, I agree. I haven't really dealt with this where like I'm pre-ordering even so far in advance. Oh, I mean, there are times like I have a list of things I have. I've pre-ordered at this point because I have ordered so much. And and I don't know when it's it's like six, seven months out that I have no idea. And it might just show up and I'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like Yard Act, for example, specifically, I got that email from Rough Trade that it was delayed and I was like, when the fuck did I order this? I forgot I ordered this. Yeah, um, I ordered that from their website. So I, I did remember ordering it directly from them. So I got an email about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this was supposed to come out sometime soon. Um, yeah, I forgot about that one. I was supposed so to that get... that was around the time I had started making a list. Yeah. Because I hadn't been at that point. The only reason I've been making a list, and I've been doing this for a while, was because I order so many albums from the UK, and I need to, like, Mm. be on top of, like, oh, shit, did this actually show up? Or was it, like, the Halloweens that didn't show up, and it went missing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of crazy, and I feel like we could do an entire episode on this, so I I, I vote that we move on on from this topic, and I think maybe next year it would be interesting to talk about where we're at. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um other music things uh lord released her third album and it was bad solar power it was, was bad so tone deaf. it was bad we talked about this on on the episode like right after it came out but the album like, is so really bad it's so unrelatable it's very tone deaf it doesn't appeal to her target audience and i understand no. wanting to branch out and do something different but the album and the, the dialogue behind her album is so tone deaf that it's like not there's even. something about like a rich famous person telling you that like you need to save the world and save the environment when like they have more money than you and like they are, it's more reasonable for them to like live more conscious of that than it is for like a regular person. I agree. And it's like there's something about somebody preaching me about that that like is super like tone deaf and puts a bad taste in my mouth. Also, it was bad, and I feel like Lord fans were trying really, really hard, hard to, to like it. it. Yeah. And there's like maybe one song I like on it. Otherwise, it kind of feels like a actually. It feels like a ripoff of a lot of, like, Andy Clark stuff, but, like, slower. Hmm. Um, we'll cover this topic, too, I think, when we talk about other media. But I specifically just wrote down Bezos 1. 
Yeah, I think we should cover this because I want to talk a little bit longer than like we yeah. probably have. Well, I mostly just wanted to highlight like the music is so popular from that from the Bo Burnham special oh, yeah. that I'm, like, he's pressing of... it on a vinyl, and I I ordered the vinyl. I'm like afraid of seeing my Spotify wrapped because it's gonna say listen to Bo. He's gonna be a top artist of mine. Um, like I re-downloaded Bumble BFF, and you can connect your Spotify and see like who your top artists are. Who's Bo Burnham? <laughs> I love that for you. Um, when I was going through the Bumble BFF thing over the summer, um, I definitely saw a few people that had Bo Burnham on theirs, and I definitely was like, you can be my friend. <laughs> yeah, he's a top artist for me, according to the Spotify on Bumble plugin or whatever. Well, I think Spotify wrapped drops this week, so. I'm, I think it drops tomorrow, like December 1st, right? I think so. Um, okay. Um, so we'll come, we'll come back to that next episode. Um, but one really big thing, and this is really recent. Um, so we've talked about like the windmill bands before and this, po- this, you know, modern post-punk band that was very popular from Montreal just broke up. Um, uh, their name was Ott and they were, they released their last album, I think in 2018, but they decided to break. They decided, you know, finally call it quits. And I was very upset. I had a whole morning Are thing. Are they pulling a magic gang thing? No, they uh, they have a couple of them have joined in a new band called Cola, and Cola yeah. just released their first single, and it's really good. It's the it's the lead singer of Ott, and then one of the other guys, and I forget what other band the other two guys are from, but uh, it's good. I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit more like up like. Uh, up-tempo music than the aught music was but um you know that should be interesting but i was very sad i liked that band a lot um apple music released their streaming statistics today um hold on if i can get this link to load so like we were just talking spotify wrapped comes out december 1st um so apple music because they know spotify wrapped comes out um they know that they got to be on top of it because no one likes Apple Music. Um, I like know people that do use Apple Music, and I don't get it. Like, I have, I have two friends. Apple Music, and he'll like send them Spotify links, and like I don't get it. Like everybody else uses Spotify, just use Spotify. It makes life easier. Yeah, I think Spotify is way better. Um, I we do have friends that use Apple Music though. Um, the top stream song of twenty twenty one on apple music was dynamite by bts that's actually a really good song i don't know that i've ever um listened to it so some of these songs didn't come out this year um some of them i think were just popular because of tiktok and things like blinding lights by the weekend um positions by ariana grande i don't think dynamite came out this year maybe it did i thought it came out last year uh, Silk Sonic made pretty high up there. Silk Sonic is my shit. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Um, Spotify also does like, I think it's interesting. They do like a chart thing. Mm-hmm. And they have like a top. They have like a top 100 Spotify oh, yeah. and something like 30 Taylor Swift songs were on it. Oh, wow. After Red, Taylor's version came out, there were like 30. Oh, wow. 
Um, yeah, so I think it's interesting. I, and the char- I think the fact that streaming services are starting to be looked at as like more um, legitimate forms of listening to music mm-hmm. um, and charts, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't counted towards like billboard numbers until the last couple of years because for so long yeah. like streaming was just kind of overlooked and i remember that was a big thing with chance the rapper specifically a few years ago because his numbers weren't accurate because he was listening to so much on streaming well because he was like releasing without a label for a yeah time. yeah for the for the, the early years yeah yeah because matt just bought um i can't remember what the name of the album is, coloring book it's like yeah it's like they're all kind of like technically bootleg because they're off label releases that even though like he self released it. Yeah. They're considered like off label yeah. releases. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. things so we should we'll share our Spotify wrapped to you'll you will have seen it before this episode comes out. But at yeah. this point in time we don't know yeah. what it is. It says um Last year and, like, the year before, like, December 2nd and 5th, so it's probably going to come out on a Friday or something. Mm-hmm. I know they just, like, randomly drop it whenever they Yeah, I know. Um, um, the next person, the next thing I wrote down was um, Baby Keem has really been blowing up this year. And so he actually got nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys next year. So he's a West Coast rapper. But specifically, I brought it up <laughs> because he has this song that was all over TikTok called Range Brothers. And it's because Kendrick Lamar is at the end, and that's the Top of the Morning song. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's a great Top song. Top it's it's so... I listen to it so much just Chaotic. to hear Kendrick Lamar at the end go, let's get the shit, let's get the shit, let's get the shit. And Chaotic. I lose it. It is so bizarre. And it's like the best feature I think I've ever heard this song. And it's just the end of the song. And it's so weird. And um, literally, like, this rapper got nominated for a Grammy next year. Like, his music's good. Mm -hmm. But I only think of him because of this chaotic Kendrick Lamar verse. Okay. Um, Cool. So let's get into some live music. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we did talk a little bit about the return of live music. But there's a couple of big Mm -hmm. things that happened this year that I... We should highlight. Wait, before we get into this, I want to talk about two things for us. Sure. What was your first like show back? Uh, uh, I know we have the same one, but then, I think like, we have the same one. Show that wasn't like that. Oh, high. okay. So our first show back, our first show back was that seated show at Sleeping Village when Squirrel Flower mm-hmm. released her album, which is called. I should know Isn't that this. Planet I I should know this. It's like Planet I, isn't it? Uh, it's Planet I, yeah. Well, it's just Planet. I think it's Planet One. Planet I. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. When when indie artists do weird stylized things, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyways, so her new album came out in June, um, the end of June, and she did a she did two shows at Sleeping Village. They were meant to be on the patio. That was the whole thing. They were going to be outdoor shows. Mm. Um, and then because it was really shit weather that day, they moved it inside and we all had like seats. Yes. Um, and then, so you both went to that one and then what was your first like, like show that felt like you were back in a show? Lollapalooza. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was the, that was the one I went to after that was the next thing I went to after that squirrel flower show was Lala. Or well, I guess Orville Peck, which was a pre-show for Lala. Okay. Mine was Small Black, um, because, like, 
San Francisco didn't have shows for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like in September, maybe. We saw Small Black in August, so that would make sense. Yeah, maybe late August then, um, or I think it was my been late August. So that was mine, um, and we got a post from it, which was cool. To, we like, just we just hung our poster up. We got one too. Well, I th- we got it, and I think it's cool because we can be like, "This is the first show we went to after COVID." Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I guess mine technically would be Orville Peck because that was. I mean, I consider that part of Lala, but that wasn't a standalone show that we did. All right. So. I think the biggest thing musically to talk about, like with live shows this year, that we did not have a part of is the Astro World disaster. And you and I have yes. talked quite a bit a lot. Uh, you and I yeah. have talked about this. I've talked about this with everybody because the day yeah. that it happened, I literally woke up and I was on Reddit within. Oh, you an, sent that to me within an hour. I, I, I was awake. awake. When, within an hour of me being awake, I had texted you and I had six people text me to be like, oh my God, this, did you know about this? Because everyone knows I know everything about music festivals. I just, I think it's, it was two different situations that happened too. Yeah. And that's what I think is wild. It was like, like the, what happened to Astroworld was two isolated different incidents. Like one was people getting crushed and then not having like adequate medic support mm-hmm. and not stopping the show, not paying attention to that and people's safety. And then the other was like the stampede that happened. Yeah. And these both happened on the same day in separate times. And I mean, completely unacceptable that they didn't acknowledge it for a long time. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I've never been to a show or to a, a festival where I felt unsafe or seen that happen. I've never, like, I've never felt unsafe. Out outside lands and like the medic was there immediately. Yeah. They had like cops like part in the crowd to get yeah. them out. Not a question. It's not even that I've never run into a situation where I have felt unsafe in a crowd. I mean, I, I have no fear. I have no fear of crowds. I have no issue with any of right. that. Um, I mean, like looking back, back when we were at Tyler at Lala it was like real tight it was real tight yeah and I've been to so many I've been to so many shows where we have been like sardines on top of each other and I've I've never I've never had an issue where I've seen that kind of like people collapsing that I've never seen that happen before well, I think that there's two things at play potentially. It's like the people that were there are either like real shitheads and they didn't give a shit about anyone else. Or no, I think they're looking into this was like maybe drug use. Like how I've heard it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. Travis Scott has a, uh, a bit of a following of some real big assholes. And yeah. I've seen a lot of people on TikTok talk about even back before he was like super famous for some reason he played with the neighborhood and you know the neighborhood we all know the neighborhood they they write sad indie girl music pretty much or they did yeah. their music now is bad but it was sad hipster indie girl music and fucking travis scott opened for them and a bunch of like teenage dudes were just there fucking people up and trying so to start after, issues after this happened um there was footage that researched of resurged of Travis Scott encouraging fans to beat someone up. Oh, or um, like because this guy tried to like steal his shoes, and he encouraged the fan to like like the crowd to beat the shit up shit out of him. So like 
I think it's questionable from a lot of, like, situations. Like, Travis yeah. Scott has obviously, like, encouraged... Like, COS um, has an article that says Travis Scott has a long history of encouraging reckless behaviors at his concert. His first Lollapalooza, he was arrested for inciting a riot in the first, like, five minutes of his set. This was right. 2015. He played it, like... I, re- I was there. I remember seeing it happen. Oh, we- yeah, I, I see this. 2015, it says Scott was charged with disorderly conduct after police said he urged fans to climb over barricades. It was his first Lala. We were there. We watched it happen. Yeah. Um, so, and then he's done it in Arkansas. Uh, I think it was in New York. Um, he was encouraging fans to, people. he was encouraging fans to jump off the balcony in New York and someone got pushed off yep. the balcony and they are paralyzed that. now yeah so i was reading this now and it says that as well so like he i think part of it is his fans but i think the fan part comes from him because he's it's encouraging him. his fans to do it's shit. it's a little bit of both like yeah you get it's some like asshole people and you have someone encouraging the asshole behavior and the bad behavior yeah. and you bring that together and it just escalates and a festival that's all about you yeah absolutely especially like it's one thing if you're like at lala or like at um outside lands or like whatever festival where it's not put on by you it's not your people yeah like there's an outside company running this event that's controlling what the situation like when it's you and this is your fans like it's it's just a recipe for disaster What's really crazy is I was looking at that lineup. That was a pretty sweet lineup. Tame Impala was going to oh, play yeah, Dyke yeah. too. <laughs> Eve's Tumor played. Uh, SZA yeah. was playing. Like, it was a great yeah. lineup. Like, that was I a sweet festival. Lineup. I was curious because I was like, who would even go to this if it's just Travis Scott? Like, I would not pay to go to a festival if he was, like, headlining both days. And then I looked at it. I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty fire lineup. This is a really good lineup. The thing that's, I think, the most crazy about that, and I was looking at the setup, he is the only artist that played on that one stage on the on the Friday. Yeah. So Saturday, it was kind of back and forth between the two stages. Friday, he is the single artist that played on that stage. So people had been camped out at that one stage. And yeah. these were all people specifically going to see him. Yeah. And I think, like part of the issue now with how they're trying to like justify of like who is at fault here, whether it be live nation, whether it be Travis Scott, whether it be Drake is being sued. Cause when Drake came out is when things got crazy or crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was clearly an ambulance moving through the crowd and Travis Scott did not stop the show. And right. so it's, it's hard for them to like, no one's taking the blame right. here. But and it's probably a multiple. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, factors as well. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, I saw something about like the youngest person that died was like twelve years old. A nine-year-old died. A nine-year-old. Yeah, it's. Like, um, I did see up. that mine. I think it's. Is either Minecraft or Fortnite? Um, Travis Scott had done a virtual concert there, and they pulled it from the internet. It's gone. You cannot find it yeah, anymore. Yeah, did a virtual concert <clears throat> in twenty in twenty twenty. Yeah, it was through one of those games where you know what, though, you know who plays those games? My seven year old nephews. I'm really interested to see what this is going to do for the future of music festivals because obviously, like, this was a Live Nation festival. And if you think about it, Live Nation is tied to C3, who also does Lollapalooza and Shaky Knees and a lot of the other big festivals. So I'm interested yeah. to see how things change next year and how things, if things change moving forward. 
be yeah. specifically around crowd control because of this catastrophe. Yeah, or if they consider it like a one-time thing based on the situation. I mean, Astroworld has happened more than once, and the first time, this did not happen. Right. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of festivals um, that Live Nation slash Ticketmaster oh, yeah. put on, Bonnaroo is another one of them. Um, this so was Bonnaroo crazy. that, like, got canceled the day before it was supposed to start. So, like, on the Wednesday, and it starts the Thursday, I believe. Uh, no, or did it start Wednesday and it got canceled on Tuesday? I can't remember. It got canceled on Wednesday. They delayed entry for camping because I think mm-hmm. it did typically start Wednesday. Yeah, like, there was a fucking hurricane. Yeah. And it was raining like crazy and it was like not safe for people, um, which I think it makes sense. But I, if you went on Twitter, Twitter did not think that made sense. And I. Uh, it was Hurricane Ida. On... That's what I could. I couldn't yeah. remember what hurricane it was. I loved being on Twitter after they canceled the festival because people were like, are you going to refund me for like the, tr- the PTO I took, like the tri- the money I paid for- to get out here? And it's like, do you want to be in the middle of a hurricane? Have you ever been in the middle of a hurricane? Like, do you want to be there during a festival? I saw like, videos. for your safety. I saw videos on Reddit of like the, because the, the volunteers were, and the employees were on site when they canceled the festival. Yeah. So, like, I saw videos from the volunteers of, like, how flooded it was. It like, people's cars were stuck. You could not yeah. move. It was not a safe like, condition I've, to be in. I've been to Bonnaroo. Like, any co- amount of rain. Like, that's a, that's a literal farm. That's what yeah. they call it, the farm. It's, yeah, it's literally it's a farm. Flood. Any amount of rain, it's flooding. And, I, I mean, my favorite thing was this guy threatening on Twitter. This guy is, like... I, like, tweeting at Live Nation slash Ticketmaster, I can't remember which one because it's the same company, but was like, I'm a shareholder, I'm about to- Oh my god, I saw that one! And I, like, retweeted, I responded on Twitter and was like, good job selling your shares after the market closes, dumbass. Because it was, like, 3 p.m. and the market was closed and it was like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, and that guy's Twitter- was like literally only complaining about companies to get stuff and that's the kind of person um but that was my favorite thing to come out of this and i got a lot of likes on twitter for it the one time i've tweeted this year yeah i mean it was insane did it did firefly get canceled as well i thought another festival out east got canceled i don't think firefly firefly is dover right yeah i thought another festival got canceled Firefly did not get canceled. Okay, it wasn't Firefly. Firefly it was... happened in September. Bonnaroo happened in August, didn't it? I thought they delayed it. It was going to be Labor Day. Bonnaroo's typically June or something, but I think they delayed it to Labor Day. September 2nd Imagine Festival was the other one that got canceled. That's what it was. Uh, I've never even heard of that. The f- what was that? I don't know. I heard that. <laughs> that was really loud, actually. So Imagine Festival is the other one that got canceled. Um, but yeah, to yeah. think of like festivals being canceled this year, not for COVID-related reasons, I think is just crazy. And then yes, we also had, oh, I wish I remember the name of the festival. 
There was a festival in Chicago this year that was like another like absolute disaster nightmare festival. Um, in Chicago? Yeah. It, I forget where it was, but it was like a hip hop festival and they did not hire adequate security and they didn't have enough people working the bar. So all of a sudden people started like robbing Summer the Smash? beer tent. That sounds at Summer Smash. People were like robbing. I, do, I remember seeing that. People were like robbing the bar and like all they they, they stopped liquor sales for day two because so many people like. The, Wait, the, did we have a friend there? that went there i don't think so i feel like they literally had to they all all booze was gone from the site for day two because the the bartending staff would not come back because they felt dangerous yeah yeah um i mean i think part of it so it's unfortunate but people have been cooped up for a year and this is the first time like going to festivals and obviously people forget like common decency and like the right thing to do and not being a fucking asshole apparently um because it's their first time that you've not been able to go to a festival in, like over it is crazy to see how many times this year we've had to see like crazy things happen at festivals so like pitchfork i don't know if it was lack of staff or what the food lines were like two plus yeah. hours long and you would wait in line and they'd be out of food by the time you got there yeah. The beer lines were 30 minutes to an hour long at Pitchfork. Pitchfork is one of the smaller festivals in the city. Yeah. So, like, what happened this year? I don't know. Outside Riot Fest had one, bad lines, too. Outside Lands Day 1 was bad. Um, like, for bathrooms, you were waiting, like, an hour in line <gasps> to go to the bathroom. Oh, People that's were, like, bad. I don't believe... People were peeing outside. Like, I, I literally, like, was like, I, I don't have to pee yet, but I'm gonna go get in line to go pee. Yeah. Because I'm gonna have to pee. Things After like that. that. Like, I think part of it was, like, people didn't... I didn't know where the bathrooms was, because this is my first one. Yeah. So I think everyone was congregating in the same bathrooms without oh, realizing yeah. that there were more. Um, but same with food. It's like, food and drinks took forever. I don't know. I think that, like... I don't people know if it was lack of thing. staff, but like Pitchfork didn't have any more people than normal. Riot Fest well, didn't have an. I would argue Riot Fest had less people than normal because so many people dropped and got refunds. Like yeah. I, I mean, I didn't think Riot Fest food was that bad, but we also don't try to get food that late. No, I mean, if you try and we, get, food- we like purposely plan to not get food that late, knowing that it's always going to be a long line. Yeah. So I feel like we didn't bother. Yeah, I know, but it's still like crazy to think about that. Like Pitchfork has never been like that before. Like I don't know what the deal was with Pitchfork, especially with the beer lines. Like that was insane. Yeah, well they had less food trucks than they normally do too. I think maybe it was like fewer vendors. vendors. Maybe there was less people working at said vendors. I, I think I don't it's know. like a mix of less vendors, less facilities to be making the food because it's COVID. And they're yeah, keep people separate. Yeah, that could um, be it. But yeah, I think. For sure, I, I don't disagree with you. It'll, I mean, I don't, I'm not upset about what happened this year, at least no. the things that we attended. No, but, absolutely not. Um, yeah, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah, pitch, I mean, pitchfork was definitely the roughest that we had to deal with um, for that kind of thing. Uh, shaky knees wasn't that bad. Lala was fine. We had zero yeah. issue at Lala at all. Um, Riot Fest wasn't too, too bad. Uh, I didn't mind Riot Fest. I thought beers were fast. Yeah. The food was a, like a pain, but like, again, 
we all just kept getting food early. Well, that I think the reason we all started doing that was because Pitchfork was so bad. So the rest, those of us that went to Pitchfork, were starving the entire day, and we were just hammered because we didn't eat. Yeah, we're like I guess we're doing liquid dinner because we made a habit of getting big breakfasts before Riot Fest, and then. Like getting something around like three p.m. to eat yeah. before, like the after the br- after the lunch rush, and then before yeah. the dinner. Um, but I mean, it was good to be back. I mean, we talked about this last episode, but it was good to be back at festivals this year. Um, it was. It was good to be back at live shows this year. Yeah. In so I've been buying a lot of tickets. It's been fun. Yeah, I've been, I've been buying too many tickets, but that's not a surprise. Uh, I mean, I'm buying tickets for me and Matt, and then making him pay me, and then, like, I I bought tickets for Yard Act and Snap Ankles, and he was like. I'm going to those two, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you're going to like these bands, so you're just coming with me. Yeah. They're also $20 tickets. Um, I'm at the point where I have so many tickets for, even for, like, December and for next year, it's, I, like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's too many. It's too many. I have, so I keep things on my calendar at this point, but I also now have a note. Yeah. With all of the shows I'm going to, like, easy access with the yeah. dates. Yep. Yeah. Because now trying to plan things, I'm like, oh, shit. And I have to, like, swipe through my calendar, or I can just check this note that's yeah. easier for me to see the dates. Yeah. And it's, it's like, getting excessive. Um, so what are – I mean, we don't have to go through our favorite shows of the year, but have there been any specific moments at a live show that you went to that really stand out for you? I'll start. Um, so when I saw Small Black, I mean, their opener was Corinne on their tour. Yeah. And uh, this was like the first show we went to post Lala. Um, it was at Lincoln Hall, and Corinne is on. Corinne's great. I'm actually seeing them this weekend. Um, they were yeah, great. I like Corinne a lot. Um, there were these people that like had they like were putting their empty beer cans on the stage, and this girl turned around and was like, "Hey, the stage isn't your trash can." And then this guy spat on her, and then security like came and like ripped this guy and girl out of the crowd. I've never seen this happen before. Wait, where did you see Small Black? Lincoln Hall. Lincoln Hall. It was <laughs> so weird. Expected the bottle. Oh, the bottle, sure, but like, it was so bizarre because this couple, like, yeah, they seemed kind of drunk and a little bit annoying during the Corinne set, but like Steve and I are like, okay, people are drunk and annoying everywhere, whatever. And then it escalated very quickly. And there were these two girls up front that clearly were there to see Corinne and not so much Small yeah. Black. And the, the girl literally just turned around very casually. And I, I could hear her. And I, she's like, hey, dude, the stage isn't your trash can. And then the guy, like, just spit on her. Yeah, I mean, like, be a fucking asshole and, like, throw it on the ground. But, like, dump it down the stage. It was so bizarre. Like, and then all of a sudden security came out of nowhere. And I was like, I didn't even know Lincoln Hall had security. <laughs> so two things. I just looked at the capacity of Lincoln Hall and it's 500 mm-hmm. or 507 specifically, according to Google. Um, the capacity of the independent is 500. Mm-hmm. And you've been to the independent. Mm-hmm. What I'm noticing about Chicago is that the venues in Chicago seem a lot bigger <laughs> For the capacity size. Like, Lincoln Hall seems giant for 507 people. Like, it seems way bigger than, like, the independent scenes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, that was a weird Somebody one. got kicked out of my uh, small, or I don't know if they got kicked out or walked out of, like, my small black show, but they, they were, like, obviously, like, way too drunk and got, like, walked out because they were... Oh, yeah. Hammered. 
Um, another one I wrote down was there was a furry when I saw squid at Empty Bottle. Like, full-on furry. I was like... Yeah. Well, I didn't notice at first, but we were there. It was me, Steve, uh, and former guests, Rachel and Brian. And we're standing there, and Rachel's like, don't turn around. And I was like, what do you mean, don't turn around? She's like, there's something behind you you need to see. And I was like, okay, how can I do that without turning around? And then I just like was like, fuck, I'm going to turn around. I was like, oh, fuck, that's a furry. <laughs> I audibly said that. Um, I don't think I've had any like super weird things happen at shows. Um, trying to think. I feel like the whole crumb show was weird because like we weren't in the my crumb show we was were, like, weird. We were like in this. So um, the I think we we're at the Warfield. Um, has like the main area and then like the bleacher, like the the seats. Mm-hmm. We're in the seated area because these tickets were on sale in 2020. Sure, I think it was like a makeup show with Chicago Batman, mm-hmm. and it was very strange because there were a lot of youths. Yeah, and they were obviously not there for Crumb. Oh yeah, and it was so odd because they were all there for Chicago Batman, and I don't get it. Like I. I've seen Chicago Batman I have twice. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, just generic. And they're, like, considered, like, psycho, psychedelic rock. It's not good. I'm not into their music either. Um, I'm not either. But, like, everyone was very into them. And so, like, we stayed for a little bit. And we're like, you want to just go and get drunk? The answer to that yes. is yes. Um, the other that thing that was yes. super weird, and we kind of – I almost brought this up earlier because we were talking about um, – like the industry plant thing and like the heavy marketing. Yeah. So I actually just saw Inhaler like a week ago. So Inhaler is the band I talk uh, is uh, the band I'm thinking about when I talk about heavy marketing. Is Inhaler. This is their first album. Yeah. And they were all over like my Instagram promotions. They were all over my like Facebook ads. Yeah. They were everywhere on Reddit. And like everywhere I looked, it was like Inhaler 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 and it was I, I i got to a point where i was like oh this is like you know a bigger band maybe like it's a bigger band whatever not realizing that this is their first album and this is just a ton of marketing money being put there i like i talked about their album on an episode i actually really liked it so i was really yeah, excited to go I just, see that i consider them like very much killers ask marketing yeah oh where, like, yeah the killers got this level of marketing fallout boy album three got this level yeah. of marketing um, how the thing but like very few artists get this level of marketing their first album well the thing i wanted and... to talk about with in, the inhaler thing specifically beyond the marketing that was one of the weirdest crowds i've ever seen for a show like ever yeah. so they played shubas and apparently they played shubas in 2019 opening for someone else so this is their second time playing the u.s um yeah. It was a bunch of, like, teenagers and a bunch of people that were, like, all head-to-toe inhaler merchandise. And then it was, like, me and Steve, and there were these two older dudes next to us we were chatting with that were both in, like, 80s New Wave shirts. And then there was this really drunk, angry guy (laughs) that was fighting with the teenagers because they were in his space and he had to have room to dance. And he was fighting with, like, 16-year-olds. 
And it was just such a weird energy. And then all of a sudden, this girl was like waving her hands the entire set. And I got hit in the face a few times. And every time she would turn around and apologize and then would just keep going. And then Steve and I were like, had a whole conversation afterwards about how weird it was. And Steve was like, I never want to see them again. It was so weird. weird thing going on with like the youth being very into like heavily marketed bands. So, like, another band I've been experiencing this with, which it's, like, not a new band, but, like, I guess they're called Water Parks. I've um, heard the name. Like I don't a, know their music. I'm going to look it up. They're a rock band. According to Wikipedia. Um, hold on. <sighs> they're on Hopeless Records. They're pop punk, pop rock alt rock so like think like all time low or probably like 21 pilots okay um i've been getting a lot of like advertisements and like targeted ads about them and i don't get it but like i feel like the youths of a certain certain types of youths like the youths of a certain demographic yeah i mean I might delete this later, but like it's a lot of white middle teenage, class, a lot of white middle class kids. white youths. Yeah, white youths that come from a middle class background are very susceptible to like this targeted marketing where they're buying all the merch because their parents are paying for it. They're going to all the shows. They don't know how to behave at a show or how to act or like be considerate. Yeah, um, I say that as a thirty year old that probably was like that. Obviously, not the white part, but probably was like that when I was a teenager. I didn't go um, to many shows as a teenager. Oh, so. I didn't go to many shows either when I was a teenager, but, like, I went to, like, emo shows, and I don't know how, like, advertised they were, but we've talked about how targeted the yeah. music oh, was. Yeah. Like, purposely, like, marketed well. Um, so I went to some of those. But what I'm saying is, like, I get it. It's frustrating as an adult now, <laughs> and it makes me mad. But I do, I, I don't, I feel like this is similar to what happened with, like, Feel by Ramen, and their targeted like, market, like pumping out like emo music to their target market. I feel like Inhaler and like Water Parks and all these bands that are similar to that, with all like the targeted ads, are similar to like what Feel by Ramen was doing. Yeah, so it's kind but of a we different see it now era. Because we've been in that. <clears throat> yeah, right. And we see yeah. it now because we're older and we recognize it. Um. Yeah. So. I know we've been at this for like fucking ever, but why don't we go through our favorite albums of the year? Because I feel Ooh. like that's a good way to wrap this. Did you okay. not put that I'm together? I sent it to you. I'm trying to find it because I sent it to you. Oh. Oh wait, no, I have it in a note. Yeah, I was definitely in a note. I'm not going to order mine because I'm not ready to order mine yet. Okay. And I think that's fair. That will be on our Instagram. The yeah. albums in the correct order will be on our Instagram. Yeah. Um, well, I can actually my my top ten are in order. I've already thought through it, but I can don't s- release that on air. That's gonna come on our Instagram. Go on our Instagram and interact okay. with us. Um, so I put Nation of Language. So this is there's really I was gonna talk about this had we done Music Corner, which we didn't need to because it's end of year. Um, their their second album came out in November, and it's well, I remember. Is that the one with um, a different kind of fix? 
A different kind of fix is Bombay Bicycle Club, Lindsay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I said, I was like, ooh, that's going to be Macy. I wonder if she'll notice. All right, go with yours. What's What do you got? I'm trying to figure out what the name of that song that A Different Kind of Life. Oh, that's what you're thinking of. Okay, honestly, though, like four out of the five words. Um, that is not, myself. that's their album from 2020. It's so, a single. Yeah. Well, it's a single. Well, it's not on the new album. No, it's like a single by itself. I didn't see it on the new yeah. album. The new, al- the new album's album. called The Way Forward. But, uh, Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Nation of Language is what you're saying. Yes. Um, my, I guess I'm, I'm gonna, are you? Do you want me to just read top? down? No, no, no. I'm just trying to, this is separate. Um, your first 10 are your top 10. Correct. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm only going to share nine because it looks pretty in a grid, but yeah. That's fine. Okay. Um, okay. So shame, drunk tank, pink is one of my favorites. That's the next one on my list. Nice. Um, fuck. I love that I album. Think your next one is on the next one on my list. Wolf Alice. Uh, no, actually. Um, my next one's squid break Greenfield. Oh, I have that a little bit lower on my list, but I have that. Um, we're about to hit like in about two songs where I no longer put the album name. So I, I don't have the album name on any of these. I just have the band (laughs) except for a couple. Alice is also on my top. Yeah. What is that album even called? I don't know. Cheap something. No, that's cheap. That's small black blue weekend. Yeah. I'm, I don't know why I'm kind of buzzed already. I do know why. Um, so I just went, it's your turn. Um, I got Japanese Breakfast, Jubilee. Um, I have Corn Crumpets, Shiga, and The Sunlight Mound. Yep. Uh, I have that later on my list. Uh, and then I got Cheap Dreams, Small Black. (laughs) Um, I have King Gizzard, Butterfly 3000. I also have that on my list. Um, I've got Pom Poco, their new album is... Why do I not remember any of these? That one came out early this year. Their album's called Cheater. That's what it is. Okay, so um, you said Wolf Alice. You said Small Black. I have Crumb Ice Mouth. That's the next one on mine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then the next one is also King Gizzard. Um, and then I have Acid Dad. Take it from the uh, Take it from the Dead. That's in the two in two for mine. Um, I have Ice Age Vendetta. Oh, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Our top nines are like the same. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, mine is like two. And then I have. Um, sorry, I'm choking on my spit here. <coughs> um, I have Jungle Loving in Stereo. I have Pom Pom Squad Death of a Cheerleader. I have that later. Um, I have Squid. And then I have Liz Lawrence. All right. Um, we don't need to talk the TikTok stuff because we can always talk about that later. I mean, I don't okay. I don't have a Todd, but it's nothing that relevant to talk about. Okay. All right. <sighs> All right. I think that covers everything for music. Or not everything, but... As much we're as we're going to talk about today. As as we're gonna, yeah, as much as we're going to be able to get in this time frame. Um... Like we said, we will talk more about our Spotify wrapped. I mean, you will see our Spotify wrapped before you hear this episode. And then we'll pu- yeah. we'll share our top albums of the year after this episode comes out. 
Yep. And then next episode will be pretty much everything else from 2021. Yes. That we can remember at the time of recording. Yes. Which probably won't be very much. Also, I mean, we've been inside for another year at this point, so. Yeah. Okay. Go into your spiel that you're not going to remember. Yes. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We know we did. If you enjoyed it, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating or leave us a review. Um, If you're not totally comfortable leaving a written review somewhere, contact us on social media. We had someone contact us on social media this week about our Fleabag episode. So people do talk to us. Yes, we did. Um, I didn't know that. This just proves this isn't pre-recorded. What? That's why it shouldn't be pre-recorded. This feel is not pre-recorded. Stephanie does it every episode. Um, oh god, you derailed me. Um, <laughs> um, you can listen through the song and hear all of our social media and all of our contact information. Uh, if you reach out to us, we'll reach back out to you. Uh, we love interacting with you guys, and like I said, people do interact back with us. So, um, Listen to the song, and we will see you next time. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at shittyconcertblog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.